Hey there, A-Holes, and welcome back to another episode of A-Hole Design Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Elise. <laughs> and this week, Emily will do a lot of the talking because she is a sustainable queen. She took a class because she went to grad school. We love mm-hmm. a smarty. Yes. So today's episode is about sustainability and a little bit about biophilia, but we're probably going to do a different episode all on that because they're different enough, but they're typically grouped together. So we'll have like a little bit of a blurb at the end about biophilia, but we'll mm-hmm. probably do a different episode on that. So before this we get into true. it, though, we'll do a catch up as always. Do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. I have done here shopping, but that was last week because we were supposed to record this episode last week. But I went shopping last week and I went ham at Aerie. And for those of you watching any of our reels or stuff, I got this shirt. I love this shirt. Um, But I went shopping. Yes, Aerie. I had my birthday coupon. I had to use her to her fullest potential. Couldn't not not take advantage of that 25% off. And then yesterday I went to... Wait, when is your birthday like in the day of the week? It's a Monday. Oh. (laughs) so we'll have to plan ahead for when the episode comes out and be like this monday was emily's birthday yeah yeah i'll do it (laughs) okay i don't like my birthday very much but it's fine um you should yeah so matt's birthday is friday and then mine's monday that's one fun thing Mm. about the birthday our birthdays that i i actually kind of like it is matt's born three days before me so we get to celebrate our birthdays together so that part's fun two cancers together that's us <laughs> two cancers living life living mm, large our best lives our best lives yes mm-hmm. um and you know what's yet- surprising though is that aquarius and cancers aren't supposed to be like necessarily aquarius. friends yeah mm, that's the tea 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 but then i figured out that jenny so jenny's like my best friend from high school she is a leo yeah she's also on the cusp and she was a born she was born a month early and she identifies more as a virgo mm. and i'm not supposed to be friends with the virgos either <laughs> i'm so a cusp I'm baby too oh yeah you're like almost gemini so yeah would that be I have no clue when. No, I, I think was you're more of a cancer. Okay. I think you're more of a cancer. More dramatic, more emotional. <laughs> more sensey. <laughs> oh goodness! Can I I'm say my here second part now? Types though. What? I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Except for Scorpios. Sorry, Becca. <laughs> Oh, no, it's okay. Anyways, that was my tangent. Continue with your shopping spree. Yeah, Emily sent me like all the videos of what she got. And I was like, this is a sleigh. And then she would just turn over to Matt, who was just like watching the haul. And he was like, looks good. <laughs> I was like, we love the support sleigh. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was like, oh, this is nice. This looks great on you. I was like, thanks, dear. That's nice. I know. Guys, I feel like never know what to say. No. They're just like, although I will say I really appreciate this. It makes me mad in the moment, but I really appreciate this. You know how guys are always like, you look good in everything. So I finally trained Matt (laughs) to actually tell me when I don't look good. (laughs) 
Like if I, which is really good because I need that opinion. But also when he tells me, he's like, like I showed him a pair of biker shorts yesterday from Gymshark and I was like, oh, I really like these. And he's like, well, but the pattern's kind of weird. Like it makes her crotch look weird. And I was like, oh, I really liked them. And he's like, well, you can still get them. And I was like, and I took a minute and I was like, thank you for your honest opinion. Because <laughs> now yeah. that he said it, it does look like she has like, she's wearing a cup. But she's not. Oh. It's just the way that the pattern hits her. And I was like, okay, fine. I see your point. But I liked the shorts. And he's like, I know. You can still wear the shorts. You'd still look great in the shorts. But they look funny. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Thank you. <laughs> What's weird is that I wouldn't consider, like, guys noticing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's more of something that's like, oh, girls only notice that. But then guys yeah, do. They do. Because where Lorenzo plays volleyball at, like, um, like beach volleyball. Yeah. He, one of the guy, like him and his friends were like talking, and then I just heard like half the guys abrupt in laughter. And Lorenzo, was, I was like, "What was that about?" He goes, "They all noticed that there was an older lady who is now in jail, so I don't really feel Wait, bad talking about her." <laughs> That's a whole other story. She burned okay. down her building. <laughs> what? She cry cry. Anyways, okay. Anyway, this is all at volleyball. No, 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 no. Like, um, she was kind of crazy. And then she actually, like, called the police and, like, was like, I'm going to burn down this building because blah, blah, blah. Anyways, she's in jail. (laughs) The whole point of the story is to say that she was wearing these biker shorts that gave her a really bad camel toe. Wait, she was at volleyball, though. No, no, no. A year ago. A year ago. Now she's in jail. I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. she like hiked up like some people hike up their shorts you know yeah, like, a yeah. Little too much yeah and she was not wearing like good underwear or she was letting those babies breathe okay but she had like the worst camel toe and i noticed because i'm a girl i feel like we notice these things we notice these like, things oh that's yeah. not like great yeah but then i was like oh my god guys notice that's worse <laughs> like oh that's so much yeah. worse like i'd rather mm. be in, like denial and like guys just don't look at that like they're just you know, yeah. not thinking about yeah. it, but they think about it. They notice, and I'm like, "Ooh, they do." I don't like that. They I do like notice. That. It's unfortunate, and that's why you get seamless, <laughs> seamless yeah. biker shorts from Aerie that don't yes. have the line. Because now, when I shop for things, I'm like, I don't want the crotch in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. because obviously, yeah. Well, I feel like this is total tangent, but like I feel like there's two alternatives. Obviously. You can either have camel toe, or it looks like you're wearing a cup. There's just no in-between. Yeah. Yeah. So would you rather the camel toe or the cup? I'd rather the cup, I think. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I don't need definition comfy. down well, there. <laughs> that's what it is, though. It's it is. pretty much is the definition of things. And um, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bad design. <laughs> <laughs> someone Breaking should, full someone should talk about that. I don't know. Someone should. Uh... Mm. I only have one item from Gymshark. Shout out to Jenny for getting it for me. It's a sports bra. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to invest in like, okay, I always say I want to invest in different things. I need to stop spending money, period. But <laughs> I do want like a good pair of also, like, Gymshark. Also you 10 minutes ago sports. before we started recording, I want to buy myself a new MacBook. <laughs> Not a new one. I want to fix the one I have. Oh, okay, fine. That's still money. I know. For it's me just to fix the screen, but the screen them, is so expensive. The screen's like seven or eight hundred dollars. 
I know. That's why I didn't get, like, that's why I didn't get a fix. And instead, I just built a whole new computer that, like, you know, is, like, nice yeah. and stuff. But I don't really use it. And I miss my Mac. Yeah. I miss her graphics and everything. Mm-hmm. And Sad you can face. wipe her clean, get rid of all of that bad stuff. Yeah. Like college stuff. Uh, I also really want to, I need to download photos. That reminds me. You do? Yeah. Emily and I were talking about iPhones and the <laughs> average storage someone has is like 128. No, wait, that was no, it a was... basic user. An average user was 256. Yeah, which is insane. I have the, 150, the 128 and I'm totally just living life. So. Yeah, I have 64. So mine's a bit less. Yeah. The thing is, I was like, I'm not getting a new phone because I just paid this one off coming in July. And I was like, I don't want to fall into the trap of buying a new phone every two years. Mm-hmm. But now that we have the pod and I save like all the graphics and like when I was recording the video for like the day of my life, I had to stop a lot and like delete things because my storage was full. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm, this might be a sign. I don't mm. know. Should I finish my ketchup now? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other thing like, oh. that happened is yeah. I went to the farmer's market yesterday. So in my area, there's a huge, massive farmer's market. Um, and it's actually open every day of the week, but it's most popular on the weekends. And there's they have there's like five sections. So there's like a section that's on like gravel and that's more kind of like an art fair-esque look. Like they have people oh. that make stained glass and there's people who bring like soaps and they have jewelry and like all of that kind of stuff. And then there's a covered portion and it's all um, produce and uh, berries and vegetables and plants and like if you wanted to buy like herbs to start a garden like they have that there and that kind of thing and then there's Mm. an indoor section and that's like ice cream and coffee and it's more like permanent shops that are there all the time whereas like the tent areas are more like kind of they're not there all the time but they're usually there and Mm. then there is an outdoor garden center which is like people bring their own plants and sell them And they always sell Christmas trees there in the winter, which I think is so fun. And then there's an indoor garden center with a huge greenhouse. So, like, it's a huge thing and, like, a huge deal. So we went yesterday, walked around. I got pots for plants. I got um, a really good lemonade. Like, someone was literally squeezing lemons and they were hand making and mixing everyone's lemonades like you could get lemonade with like a certain fruit like they had a list of five fruits or like you could mix it with like tea or you could mix it with limeade like they had all these different things and it was so good like it was so good it was i'm such a Mm -hmm. lemonade snob and it was so good So I had really good lemonade. What was the other thing? Oh, I went with two friends from work and one of them bought fruit and she was like, there's no way I'm eating all this fruit. Like take fruit. So I got fresh strawberries and fresh blackberries, which I'm very excited about. Oh, I got a watering Uh can finally. Got a watering can, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but watering my plants with one little cup for my kitchen, I have to make like 20 trips. So. Oh, see, before I got a watering can, I was using like a gallon milk jug. Oh, smart. That's smart. Yeah, I never did that. I should have. But But do you buy milk? Because Lorenzo's the only one who drinks it here. 
Yes. And I will never admit this out loud, even though I'm admitting this out loud. I've started putting milk in my smoothies and it's really good. Oh, yeah. But that's the only way that I will consume milk besides in like cooking and stuff. In mm. what? Oh, cooking. Like cooking, like mac and cheese or sauces or whatever it is. I see. Yes. But I will never admit out loud that I'm drinking milk. Because we don't like milk. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Cow's milk. Ew. Milk from the teats. Mm. Mm. Not the vibe. No. Okay, I'm done now. Okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Your turn. Just interrupt her. Me. It's me. her. It's her. She's the problem. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I have been going back to her lover album and I like, I love it. I love her lover album. It's so cute. Cruel Summer. So good. I'm so Anyways, happy for you. Tangent. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, my only two catch. Well, I also have been to the farmer's market. We're in our farmer market eras. I feel like. We are. And it's a good era to be in. It is. So I started growing. I took a romaine lettuce like i bought romaine lettuce plants and i bought Mm -hmm. spring like a spring mix type and then garlic so i'm growing all those now how does one grow garlic um it's like the bulb is in the soil and then it's like little sprouts that look almost like grass yeah okay but like do you like dig it up and then it yeah i don't know i gotta look up when it's ready okay Step like, one is to buy the plant. I did okay. that. I planted it. And then after that, I'm going to just let it be, you know? Hmm. Is that the right way? I don't know. I did look up how to know when, like, the lettuces were done. Romaine, apparently, you don't, like, get pick until it, like, looks like the whole bushel that you buy in the grocery store. Okay. So I have a while to wait because right now they're still, like, spread. Little, and, like, little bitty. Not enough, like, inside. Okay. The spring mix one I can, like, cut. As needed. Oh, and then just make a salad. It's not whenever. like the whole thing. I yeah. see. But I feel but, like, like I have yet to look up. You'd have to cut off a lot, I feel like, for a salad. So it doesn't have to like grow back for a while before you can eat it again. Probably. Oof. Yeah, it's not like cucumbers were like some already at one point and then some are still growing. Mm-hmm. I feel like. But yeah, I don't have enough room for cucumbers or like tomatoes. Lorenzo's grandma wants to really give us a tomato plant, and I'm like, those grow so big. Yeah. And tall. I want to get (laughs) tomato, basil, rosemary, like herbs more than like, I'm not a lettuce gal. I just not. I'm not really a lettuce gal. No. What do you put with rosemary, though? Rosemary, like chicken, or you can put it on salmon with like seasonings. Oh, I see. Probably not pasta. I'd say more meats. Yeah, like a protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay, anyways, my catch up. <laughs> Who's interrupting now? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I just interrupt myself, honestly. I think I just like, my brain is like a ping pong machine. And it just I want to... Not ping pong. I'll... Yeah. Pinball? Pinball. Yeah, I was like, no, that's <laughs> not the thing. Okay, yeah. I think we should count one episode, like when I'm up, or I guess I should count one episode when I'm rec- like editing. How many times you say anyway or small tangent? 
Yeah. That's true. <laughs> because moving forward. Oh, okay. My... <laughs> she brought out that thesaurus. That was li- that was literally me in all of my school papers. Moving on, or like, although, however, or you continuing. know, all those transitional words. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, oh, no. I was going to say, okay, I won't say it. So my <laughs> job <laughs> is me being, uh, I had a surreal moment where I was thinking that in real estate, so I had a closing last Friday, which was yay. So besides another home that isn't closing till July because it's a new construction home, blah, blah, blah. Counting that one, we're in month six of this year. And if I'm counting it, I've had six homes, which is a big sleigh. I'm very Yes. Especially because last year, I think I counted and I only did like four or five homes which i guess is fine Mm -hmm. because it was like my first year and i am part-time so you know but i put last year as a end of the year goal for this year like my uh team lead and i sat down and talked about goals for this the 2023 and my goal was to sell 12 to like almost to double it and a little more Mm -hmm. and right now i'm on track for that which is exciting because she was like that's a lot especially because you're not full-time and i was like i can do it I'm going to do it. I could do it. So I'm very excited and I hope that I hit my goal. I Yay! hope that. So now I'm like in my grinding era. I'm like, I got to <laughs> hit the ground running. I got to keep the ball rolling because I want to get that coin. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I'm very excited about that. That made me happy. I was Yay! like, oh, to think a year mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, seriously. Um, I know. It's kind of crazy. It is. It just like, went by so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is so that's when you that with real estate? Real estate question. Yeah. When you're full time, like how often are you selling houses as opposed to you being part time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if I was full, so even part time without a team is different than how I do it because of my boss, because of my team lead. She pretty much, besides. Uh, hold on. Instead of cold calls and stuff, she gets like leads and then she gives it to me to kind of cultivate and like kind of grow into someone who like is actually ready to go on house tours because you never know like a Zillow lead if it's someone who actually is interested Mm -hmm. or a lot of people just browse for fun. Yeah. So I luckily have her to rely on for lead generation and if she is selling a home she has me do the open houses because we don't do dual agency which means like she doesn't represent both seller and buyers it's also mm-hmm. legal in new york because you can't really have full dedication to one of them obviously because if you're working for the seller they want the highest price if you're working for the buyer they have like their price point and you want them to win it's it's hard to do dual mm-hmm. agency so that's why i do open houses and that's usually why like where we also get clients because if anyone comes unrepresented that's how i've gotten like half of the sales this year because I've gotten people from the open houses to like use us as agents to Mm -hmm. continue the search or I've had people at the open houses who have won the bid and like I'm on the other side and my team lead is on the seller side so if I was full-time I would probably not be on a team and that means most of my days would literally be cold calling people to get like clients 
yeah it's kind of gross so i kind of have like the best of both worlds i get paid less because she takes a good chunk of the commission but i also don't have to do a lot of like the lead generation Mm -hmm. which is where one of the agents in our uh brokerage is struggling because she's been there for almost as long as me and hasn't had one sale (gasps) i know so it takes a while and even my team lead she was like literally it took me a year to get one sale because it's so hard and like no one teaches you anything and like the courses that you take don't teach you anything Mm. like i didn't know how to do a contract that was what she taught me the course doesn't teach you that or any of the the actual practical things uh so literally just lead generation and then even then like if you get a lead from zillow you have to pay zillow a good chunk of money for Mm. giving you their information i see that makes sense i guess yeah, so if I was full-time, it would look really different. I'd be doing a lot more cold calls, a lot more just trying to get clients and all that. So I don't know how well, because, again, once you get clients, though, then they tell other people, hopefully, about you, and then mm-hmm. that's also, like, how Word you get clients. But yeah. you, I'd have to probably pay more into marketing as well. That's true. Kazillo offers like, oh, do you want like we saw that you just sold X address. I've gotten like 10 different emails ever since the closing Friday about like, do you want to market this? But it's like two hundred dollars. And since I'm only part time, I don't do it. But Mm -hmm. I think if I was full time, I'd invest in like. Putting my name out there with the fact that like I just sold this house, you know. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, very good, very good. Little tangent. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Last thing was a comment that Emily and I got on our design. No. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram on this podcast. Instagram. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was super cute. And I just realized it's on my phone, so I can't read it. Anyways, it's from an old professor. Oh wait a second! I can read it because I screenshotted it. You you tangent and then I'll read. Okay, so it's from our professor. Actually, Emily never had her. I don't think. Mm Mm-mm. I did. She was my freshman fr- professor. Shout out to Professor Nayak. She was yes. is amazing. I freaking love her. She is so sweet. And she, I think, really motivated like all of our freshman class. And with our sketchbook assignments and just everything we had to do, she was super supportive. And she follows my like real estate page on Instagram. And she follows our podcast page and mm-hmm. she commented something really nice. And she's so cute. And I just love her. So Emily's going to read the comment. (laughs) Yeah. She said, love everything about this podcast from the topic section to the two point of views, your different experiences and all the information that you share so candidly. This is really helpful for students and designers in the field. I'm going to be sharing it as a wonderful resource. So happy to see you thriving and sharing so generously cheering you on. It made uh, literally our made days. my Friday. Oh my gosh, we both. She told me she's like, oh, but she texted me because I have Instagram notifications off because I am mm-hmm. reducing my usage of social media. But um, mm-hmm. Elise was like, you need to go look at this comment. Look at this comment, and I went. I was like, my heart just melted. My heart is on it the is floor so in a puddle. Like, what? <laughs> this is so cute. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I just love her. And she also does like studio art and paints and stuff. And I bought a few of her Christmas cards because she watercolored some of them. I gave, I sent one down to Jenny last year. And then 
one I'm keeping selfishly for myself, but I really <laughs> want to like take the art of the cover and just like frame it. It's so mm-hmm. cute. And she does art shows though, and I really want to go. I just don't Ooh. know when her next one is. Yeah. Show my support. Yes. We love her. Yeah. She's awesome. Anyways. I... <laughs> Continue. But thank you because hearing the love is so good. It's just so reassuring that like people, I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Because sometimes, okay, because the difference is we have support supporters but it's different when they tell you specifically why yeah it's like hey we're so they like it or like specifically say why uh that they support us Mm -hmm. and the fact that she wants to share us too and she's still a professor at endicott which means that we'll probably have more endicott students like listening in is just like so exciting to have more people around yay yay okay anyways anyways i will i don't know another word however no however is like different uh moving on um moving along wait should i let me look it up (laughs) synonyms for anyways oh there are none anyway there are none (laughs) we could just not do segues and just continue talking Probably should. So that was our comment. And sustainable design, I feel like that's just so weird to just continue talking. Oh my gosh, have you looked up how the word segue is spelled? Yeah, probably. Please look it up and then tell the pod listeners how segue is spelled because this is why no one can learn English. (laughs) Oh no, it's not phonetic. It's, isn't it like... It's spelled like segu. You're asking the person that can't spell to find something <laughs> that has to do with spelling. Okay. Hang on. This is how you spell segue. Okay. So this is the definition of segue. An uninterrupted transition from one piece of music or film scene to another. Okay. Segue. How would you spell segue if you were to... Well, I would spell it the way that the motorized vehicle is spelt, which is S-E-G-W-A-Y. That's how I'd spell it. But it's that's spelled. not... Isn't it got, like, U's in there? It's like S-E-U-G. S-E-G-U-E. Sigu. Sigu. I wonder what language so it is. It must be, like, French. Let me look. Of what origin is this word? Origin. I think it, Italian. Italian. How the heck did we get to segue? Italian literally means follows. So it's kind of like saying following and then, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, kind of continuing. Huh. So that's what it means. A little education moment for all of us. We love. If you need to know how to spell segue, that's how you do it. Yes. And if you see that word, that's what it is saying. It's not segu. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> I love how when we started recording, I was like, oh, this will probably just be like a quick little episode where. Okay, but in. y'all should know that we do be tangible. We should know. Often. Man. It's true. We it's should true. know at this point. We don't know still. It's fine. 
we sat down an hour and a half ago to start recording and also we're both wearing hats today big sleigh it's mostly because Emily Lily texted me and I woke up 20 minutes later and then we started recording 20 minutes after that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. Yeah, Emily has a little moose on her hat. And on the back, I if have... I were to show you the back, it says Acadia National Park. Oh, cute. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like when they have details on the back as well. Should I show you the back or is that weird? I'll show you the back. Uh, Sure. See if I can <laughs> rotate. Oh, perfect. Yeah, good. Can you see? I like that. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Mine has nothing in the back, but on the front, it has a cup of ramen. It has words on the side. On the side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like ramen something. I don't know what it says. This is from Disney's Epcot Japan. I love it. Wow. Yep. Iconic. I saw it and I was like, you're coming home with me. That's how it usually happens. Okay, sorry. Continuing. Continuing. Into okay, sustainability okay, okay. design. I'm cutting you off. We're going into sustainability design now. Okay. <laughs> so I took a class on sustainability design in grad school. I will admit, I do not remember most of the class. However, I did take it. No. So I hypothetically should retain some of this information. And I, as I did kind of a recap of my research and notes and stuff from class. I did remember some of it, but it's like, it's like kind of there. It's kind of not. Waterfall, brick wall. <laughs> Girl, you think you know it all? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the technical definition I'm going to read about sustainability design. And for those, hang on, for those of you who do not know what sustainability design is, I'm going to read the technical definition, but it is a part of interior design that is really important for helping with conservation of energy, conservation of water, to help make a building more green and more environmentally friendly, essentially. Yes. It's We're like trying to save shell. Mother save Earth. the earth because in every other field you hear different ways like science is all about like saving the earth obviously because it's science but like in school they teach you about how to save the earth and like in design it's like well how do i save the earth in design sustainability mm-hmm. design so yep. i'm just going to read the definition now because i've talked a lot sustainable design seeks seeks to reduce negative impacts on the environment and the health and comfort of building occupants, thereby improving building performance. The basic, uh, the basic objectives of sustainability are to reduce consumption of non-renewable resources, minimize waste, and create healthy, productive environments. Yes. Yes. So we're going to break down essentially what all of that means throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. by breaking down like the main components of design or sustainability and again how we can specifically help not just the definition helps though just at least to kind of encompass everything mm-hmm. and i will say sustainable design is also something that if you want to be ncidq certified it's also a section for the tests so yes. they go over sustainable design as well and all of the different 
Mm -hmm. um accreditations and the processes and everything we're going to talk about this episode so that's just something to keep in mind as well Mm -hmm. um also plug reminding people if you have not signed up for your ncidq exam or applied to take the exam do so before february because they are changing the requirements after february of next year making it harder to take the exam because you are going to have to prove so essentially when you apply your sponsor or whoever is saying like yes they can do design just looks over your work and gives you a yes or no basically in the new application they actually have to go through section by section and be like oh codes have they shown me that they can do codes and then go to like layout and be like oh can they have they shown me and you have to give examples of every single like little itty bitty thing and if you have never done like codes before or like a cd then like you can't take the exam. They're making it harder. Basically. Yeah. Plug. But yes, there's a part of sustainability design on the exam. So it's really good to know. And then there's also a certification you can actually get in sustainability design, which I'll talk about. I think it's towards the end, but it's the lead certification. Mm -hmm. And I actually need to take that exam, but I don't want to. (laughs) So that's a problem for another day. Honestly, yeah. So the principles of sustainability design encompass optimizing site potential, which has to do with the direction of the sun, the direction of the wind, kind of the grade of the ground as well, where water will be falling from naturally if it rains, um, as well as that has to do with parking too, which I think sounds weird, but having Mm. a parking lot that is potentially like adjoined with another company so you're not destroying as much of the natural ground um it's and if you're like a hybrid company people aren't in all the time it doesn't make sense to have as much asphalt poured Mm -hmm. and there because also with colors um black which all of our roads are black and because it's color of the road but black absorbs heat <laughs> and makes the earth hotter as opposed yeah. to um, white reflects um, the white reflects heat. So all of our roads should be white. Fun fact. But um, having less. Yeah, what, I was going to ask what you think about that because <laughs> California has started doing that. Oh, they have. I haven't seen In some it. areas. It's like. It's a new, obviously, it's a new oh, I thing. Like that. I don't think they should be stark white. No. I think the reflectivity of it is too mm-hmm. much, but I think like a nor neutral color, like sand, yeah. like a sandy color, maybe. Mm-hmm. I know out west, I was in, I don't remember if I was in North Dakota or it was like that area of the west, um, like the Midwest. Um, their highways and roads are all red. Which is kind of funky. Oh. It looked really weird at first, but it makes more sense because it's because the color is not as dark. It doesn't absorb London. as much heat. Yeah, it doesn't absorb as mm. much heat. But with the roads and all of the uh, parking lots absorbing heat, it makes the earth hotter, which we don't love. We don't like that. Yeah. But if you think about it, like all of the roads all of the parking lots think about like malls like how much heat that must produce for the earth like is crazy so thinking yeah. about and optimizing site potential also with um, bus routes so people don't have to take cars or 
having um, an easily bikeable place where people can bike to work and things like that. Minimizing yeah. non-renewable. A lot of our society is not. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say quick. A lot of our society is not like walking friendly. Pedestrian. This is though. true. This is true. If you don't live in a city, it's really hard to be able like for me yeah. to bike to work. No. No, no, yeah. no. Even for me to bus to work, I mean, my commute's 30 minutes. So, like, if I were to take a bus, it'd probably be, like, an hour. You know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, minimizing non-renewable energy consumption. So, using solar panels, using wind turbines, finding ways to create renewable energy, and using natural energy also produced by the Earth. Yeah, and also, like, the different appliances and stuff. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, appliances are the thing, too. Is, um, yeah. Yeah. They have, like, energy star ratings, so that just means how much energy it's taking versus, like, so the better that is, the less energy it takes to do the same action as, like, a crappier microwave, say, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Uh Mm-hmm. Using environmentally preferred products, so using, um, and this can go all the way down into like furniture pieces, materials that we would use as designers, um, using things that are made from a recycled plastic, using tiles that are from a like, uh, what is it? Not terracotta. Terrazzo is a really sustainable type of flooring that you can use because it involves crushed up pieces of other flooring materials that didn't get saved and needed to be reused. So there's a lot of different types of products that you can get that are more, that are better for the earth. Protecting Mm -hmm. and conserving water, which I think is fairly self-explanatory. Um, one way that I do remember us talking about it in my sustainability class is having rain collection on the roof and then using that to power the sprinkler systems for the lawn, to water the trees, water the plants that are in the area. And that way you're not using like the city water to water or the grass and stuff like that. So having a tank somewhere that would hold that mm-hmm. and then be able to um, filter through it and like purify the water so that it can go back up and be reused um enhancing indoor environmental quality which again goes back to preferable products air circulation and stuff like that and then Mm -hmm. optimizing operational and maintenance practices so using um environmentally friendly uh cleaning supplies because cleaning supplies are awful for the environment they're so bad yeah it's just They're not supposed to be a part of our naturally abundant world, Um, as well as operational. So operating during hours that are maybe cooler, having people work from home when it's hotter so you don't have to run the air conditioning as high and things like that. So there's a lot of different things kind of packed into those different bullet points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and having like zoned heating or zoned cooling so that mm-hmm. if again some people aren't there, you don't have to do that. Same thing with uh, what are the the automatic lights that come yep. in, emotion sensored lights mm-hmm. for energy. I will say I don't appreciate them in restrooms. Slash, they should be longer because mm-hmm. I have had it where it's gone off on me and I'm just 
in the dark, in the dark. stranded like, okay <laughs> like this is what it's like to be yeah. naked and afraid <laughs> man i'm kidding okay the Anyways. audacity <laughs> so within sustainability there's four pillars and kind of the way it works is like it's a like a table if you take away one of these pillars like the other three can't work as well your table's gonna fall it's not gonna be stable and sturdy so you need all four to be able to really be able to hold this up so for sustainability Mm -hmm. you have the human aspect the social aspect the economic aspect and the environmental aspect and again each of those is a different leg so human encompasses the development of skills, so education, knowledge, um, kind of spreading information about what sustainability is, um, and human capacity to support and promote the well-being of communities and society. So again, lots of education there, knowing kind of what's going on. I mean, I feel like I'm fairly conscious of what's happening in the world with I guess, sustainability and the environment and stuff like that. But then after my sustainability class, I was kind of like, whoa, like I only knew like the surface stuff. Like there's so much more Mm -hmm. that goes into sustainability than giving like electric cars, priority parking and stuff like that. Because that's one thing that I I feel Mm -hmm. like I get asked a lot. Do you ever hear that? No. No, really. I I remember. um, So for my sister's graduation a few weeks ago, my brother got a Tesla from the airport he rented a tesla and my mom was like complaining that electric cars get to park in the front row with all of the wheelchair accessible cars um at stores up north and i was like well that's for accreditation purposes and she's like what and i was like that's a design thing it's not just like they get to park in the front because that's where the plugs are like it's actually a design element in the building and it's done that way so that people want electric cars so they can park in the front row basically Mm-hmm. an so. incentive kind of yeah also exactly. think about the electricity that you'd have to run if it was like in the back of the parking lot on e- either under yeah. the asphalt or like from this like from poles or something like it mm-hmm. just makes sense to be closer to the building where there's already electric runs and stuff yeah exactly um the next pillar is the social aspect so this has to do with preserving resources for future regenerations and knowing about how what we're doing will impact people in the future a lot of sustainability is preparing for the future and seeing change in the future as opposed to seeing immediate change right now like yes you may see Mm -hmm. some aspects like physically in your immediate area but if things like this were promoted and implemented in more of like a society scale or like a city scale we'd see such a change in air quality and we'd see such a change in water quality and things like that so knowing and being able to influence that change for future generations is super important and it also focuses on maintaining and improving social quality with concepts such as cohesion reciprocity and importance of relationships. Between- yeah, thank you. I can't English. I'm also reading notes, so sorry. But um, so really making sure that we're educated, again, passing it on to future generations and knowing that what we're doing is to impact the future as opposed to the immediate, like our immediate world. Yeah. And I think as designers, it's important to 
like when we do certain window placements or spec certain furniture or certain things to really explain to the client why they should invest Mm -hmm. in x product or why they shouldn't rearrange your windows say Mm -hmm. oh actually I did like educating even your client I think is important because yeah as designers we just do things because we know but again not everyone knows so just Mm -hmm. actually taking the time to explain certain aspects of why you chose different things for their space Mm -hmm. yeah exactly the next pillar is the economic one and this is hopefully going to help uh, improve the standard of living and if people see that we can be living like this and it's not a huge exuberant cost like I feel like the idea of living sustainably living organically is like such like people see money signs when like like at the grocery store if you see organic produce versus non-organic produce people see dollar signs generally like it usually yeah. costs more looks like it costs more but long term it's more beneficial and i believe right. if i can remember correctly from my class the sustainable buildings cost more up front but long term <laughs> they sustain a lot more of their original elements and they last a lot longer so it's kind of like investing in the future of that building and investing in knowing that yes this is a lot of money now but down the line like it's going to be so low cost because we really put in the work up front yeah and with that like think about uh one of the things about sustainability was water reduction and stuff mm-hmm. and electric reduction like the use of less electricity and stuff think about how much less strain you're putting on your products mm-hmm. that too like that's why it lasts longer think yeah. about how much your pipes aren't doing as much water as much filtering of things mm-hmm. etc with especially electricity you're not pushing your um like lines as much i guess is mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say like yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. overusing to the point where things would break sooner also with economic things i think about one of the carpet reps who this she was saying to me that they a lot of their lines are now you reusing like they have an incentive to if you use their carpets before they'll take them out and then they use those carpets in new carpets oh so like, like break they down literally just the... like break down their old right so they will take it out for free which is mm-hmm. a huge cost and demolition yeah. and stuff is taking out old carpet, like all the glue or whatever they use to adhere it to the ground. Mm-hmm. So they'll take it out for free and they'll actually reuse it in a new product and you'll get a discount on the new carpet that you use. Mm-hmm. So you're really helping with all of the the whole process of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So it really continues yeah. throughout. Yeah. Recycling. But, Recycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The last, last pillar. pillar is environmental, and this is kind of everything together, but aims to improve human well-being through the protection of natural resources. And this can really tie back to anything, the water conservation I talked about, um, also optimizing the site potential. So if there is a pond on the property that you're trying to build on obviously not trying to disturb that ecosystem or if there's a little plot of like forest or something obviously not cutting down the trees and building there but preserving those trees as their natural home for animals it produces oxygen all of that stuff so 
knowing kind of what's around you and what you could be destroying by building before you actually build and then making decisions based off of that knowledge to build in the best area and to be able to take advantage of potentially also what's around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We love nature. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, moving right along. There's a good anyways. Moving yeah, right along. <laughs> um, there are – so there's a lot of ways to talk about sustainability. So the pillars is one. There's also the five R's. And then Elise and I are going to talk about things that we've thought of that we've used in design as well. Because while sustainable design, I think, is really – thought of hand in hand with certification and like new construction buildings. There's a lot of ways that we can incorporate it on a smaller scale as well. So we'll talk about those different things we thought about. Yeah. But first we have the five R's. And what? No, the accent? <laughs> the five R's. Which are very similar to the three R's we learned back in elementary school. Just a little bit, like we add a little bit. So the first one is refuse. Yes. And when Elise saw this list, she was like, refuse? What are we refusing? I don't get it. Why are we refusing? <laughs> Essentially, we just, are. we just are. Essentially, refusing has to do with minimizing waste and purchasing, refusing to purchase <laughs> wasteful or non-recyclable products instead of buying yep. things that you can reuse. So like an example is like Ziploc bags or like, if you're going to um, like a school or something, bringing a reusable water bottle, refusing to buy that single use plastic bottle, different things like yeah. that. Um, paper towels, instead of paper towels, use rags, like something that you can reuse over and over again, as opposed to single use items. If you have, like I was thinking about it this morning for my cats, I'm currently putting their wet food in a plastic bag with a rubber band. But every time I finish a can, I have to throw out the plastic bag. Like, getting covers for that so i don't have to th go through freaking whole thing of ziploc bags in a month like refusing right. to and that goes back to like the cost thing because it's mm -hmm. easier to just think about oh it's just a ziploc but yeah how many ziploc containers or things are you gonna buy versus spending the like what five extra dollars on like amazon yeah. or something to get a cover? exactly mm -hmm. exactly so yeah the next one is reduce Full circle. so I know, honestly. <laughs> Reduce, we're which... We're so good. <laughs> we're so good. It all relates back to itself, too. So I feel like I'm repeating myself, and I'm so sorry if I actually am, but it's all basically the same points and elements reiterated in different ways. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. The next one's Reduce, which should be a familiar one to all of the people. But if not, reducing the use of harmful, wasteful, or non-recyclable products. So very similar to refuse, um, reducing what you have to use. So some things are single use and you do have to use them or um, just being knowledgeable of the things that you have to use that are single use and trying to bring that down as much as you can or things that are single use that you have to use. Is there a way that you can purchase something that is more of an organic material? For example, like 
egg cartons. Mm. Like you buy eggs and you get it in an egg carton, but the egg carton is biodegradable, I believe, usually. So that's if you something, get the cardboard, not like yeah, the, not the styrofoam. styrofoam. Do not styrofoam is the worst thing in the world. But anyways, or plastic. Or the plastic, plastic ones. ones That's true. But buying eggs in a um, cardboard carton instead of the plastic one. I actually have no clue if there's a price difference because I buy my eggs at Trader Joe's and they are in the cardboard one and they are really cheap. But they're all in cardboard, so I have no clue. Yeah. Do you know? I don't know if there's a price difference based on packaging. I think it's more based on if it says cage free, free range, That's true. organic. I think it's That's more about the buzzwords that they use. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. Right. Whole different animal. But as an example, yeah. knowing that you can buy eggs that come in a recyclable package is really important as opposed to styrofoam, which <sighs> styrofoam, I can't. I can't with styrofoam. It's so bad. Yeah. It is so bad. I can't believe they still use that. I know. Probably because and it's so cheap to produce. at the grocery store, they don't let you use plastic bags anymore. I know. They still but do here. you can still give me styrofoam. Oh, okay. The South Bee Cray. Yeah. South Bee Cray. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, like, even then, I buy rice, like, in a cardboard box, and I put it into an airtight container when I get home. I don't buy it in, like, the bags. Plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Or you buy rice in a Just sack small stuff too. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but knowing. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then something I figured out because I follow, I found this girl on Instagram that has like a sustainable account, and she does you know Sunday resets, and she showed herself going to something called a refill station. And I was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I found one near me, and I am very intrigued, and I want to start doing it. The problem is I have all these products that I need to use up first because I think that would be even more wasteful to just like throw out my detergent or something okay but essentially refill station is you bring in glass jars and you can like have them buy them from you or if you don't have any and you need some they have a bunch that people have sold them to them and you essentially they have a huge glass jugs think like a huge pitcher kind of but like with a pourer Sure. And they have like a big jug of detergent, a big jug of soap, a big jug of body wash, shampoo. And you just bring in whatever glass container you want or you buy one from them. And then you just refill and come back to that store and pay for how many ounces you get of that product Mm -hmm. so that you're reusing the glass and you're not buying a bunch of different plastic products or plastic. I love it. Containers. Yeah. So they have like the scenty beads in them and you just fill up your own jar. And mm. you don't have to keep buying. Like, you're just paying for the actual product. Like, they weigh your jar that you're using beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then they weigh it after you put how many ounces of whatever product you need. Yeah. It. So it has, like, lotions, shampoo, conditioner, um, like, soap, detergent, anything you could think of to clean or do any of those things, like household products. And, yeah, so it's just like that. And at the sustainability, they have, you know, the reusable straws. So they have... Um, glass straws metal straws they have you know more paper straws yeah and like scrubbers that you can like reuse and Mm -hmm. rags they have like everything you can possibly need to be sustainable that is so cool i want to see if there's one near me you'll have to update us anyone should look into that do a reel i know i'm waiting do a tiktok oh i should yeah i should yeah follow our tiktok at a whole design pod (laughs) casual it's super fun honestly yes. tiktok is just fun mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that was reduce. Reduce. Reuse. So, like, Elise was kind of goes along with the refill stations, too. Like, Elise is reusing the glass jars as opposed to buying new ones every time. Um, Mm -hmm. So, reusing Mm -hmm. what you have, bringing your own bags is really important. Um, And also, I think in the terms of, like, your home or your office space or in the terms of design, reusing the furniture you have, reusing the decor you have. And if mm-hmm. you don't like it, get a bottle of paint, paint over that canvas. If you don't like your couch, <laughs> reupholster your couch. It's a lot more environmentally yeah. beneficial to re- like to redo that kind of stuff as opposed to um, like go out and buy everything new. And that's a great way to do it yeah. too if you want to do it secondhand and then you can go out and buy stuff. But sustainability-wise, it's better to use what you have and not necessarily try to buy new every single time say you move or something like that mm-hmm. yeah and also say with reuse how i had mentioned you i don't know it was a long time ago now i feel like but <laughs> just using as designers we get so many samples and when something's discontinued mm-hmm. what do you do you just throw it out yeah. i would love to do like a focal wall of just really cool old like discontinued wallpapers and just have them framed because their patterns yeah. are so cool sometimes mm-hmm. and the textures so that is just an idea to decorate with whatever sample obviously like a wood flooring sample maybe a coaster i don't really know yeah mm-hmm. i we could come up with something creative after but yeah just at least like paint samples you could definitely do something with wallpaper samples fabric samples any of those things you can definitely reuse and not just throw out mm-hmm. yeah this is really true that's a good idea and so, again really just tagging break- off of what we just talked about repurposing things so Woo! upcycling um transforming byproducts waste things you don't want um like just reuse stuff try to figure out a way to like i would say reupholster that couch repaint that canvas just give it new life that old mason jar that you bought with jelly in it turn it into a glass in your kitchen like there's ways to reuse things in different ways yeah (laughs) that (laughs) please it'll benefit you long term and you're not throwing it away unless you're recycling it if you're recycling it go for it but yeah have you seen that brings me to repurposing slash the next one which is recycling sorry i do keep (gasps) i keep us on our toes this girl who collects i think you showed it to me who collects trash on the beach and she made it into a frame Mm-mm. Or maybe I just saw it myself. She collects plastic trash on the beach and she just like has all these colorful pieces and she broke them up and essentially made her own terrazzo mirror. Ooh. So she got like the ceramic kind of like putty, I guess. Yeah. Cement casting. And she put it around like an existing circle mirror she has. And then she like pretty much just pressed in all the colorful plastic she's found and it looks really pretty. Oh, I like that. You have to send it to yeah. me. So she didn't have to. Yeah, she didn't have to buy stuff. She just mm-hmm. helps the environment and stuff. But. Yeah. So the next one's recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the next one's recycling. And above all, if you can't do the other things or you're not able to or I don't know what. If there are reasons that it cannot happen, recycling is the best option always. Bringing your stuff to a secondhand mm-hmm. store. Re- 
recycling your plastics, your cardboards, your bottles, glass, anything like that, um, just do it. <laughs> Keep that waste out of the landfill because it does not need yeah. to be there. And as I'm saying this, I'm hating North Carolina because my community does not recycle. And if I wanted to, did you Neither know that mine. in the South, that if you wanted to recycle, you have to pay for someone to come and take your recycling? Like you, like surprised. even if I lived in a house, like you would have to pay for someone to come. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, well, I heard that New York and most of the other states, like that, do do recycling. Do do once they get the items, half of it isn't even recycled. It's just put into landfill anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like, cool. Even when I think I'm trying to do something good. Yeah. It's a tricky yeah. one. Yeah. Along with all of this, I would say, just because we've talked about clothes before and like professional clothing, just mm -hmm. again, upfront investing in pieces that are going to last you a long time. Yeah. Instead of fast fashion. And again, going to the thrift store, like we go to Play-Doh's closet a lot. Oh, Play-Doh's is a staple in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Last week, I found Abercrombie Curve Love Jeans for 20 bucks, and I, I bought them. I was fast. like, like, hello, who? Our girl? <laughs> She's sustainable. So, catch me being sustainable. We yeah. love. And just donate your clothes. Don't just, like, throw them out. Yeah. Or, <laughs> also. or another fun way to do it. We used to do this up north. It was a while ago, but we used to do this up north. We'd have clothing swap parties and we'd have everyone comes with whatever clothes they want to get rid of. And we oh. all lay it out and like people can just go through and like pick each other's clothes. We have like try ons. It would be like with a group of friends. We all try on clothes together oh. and like you leave with clothes and then whatever your stuff didn't like people didn't take like just bring to play-dohs and you get money for it like how is that not so easy to do yeah like that's what i always do and like when i'm doing a clear out phase that's the first thing i do is play-dohs closet then whatever isn't accepted there i donate to salvation army mm -hmm. it's a whole it's like it, a day's no, worth is. of work kind of but i mean it's worth it because what else am i gonna do mm -hmm. just throw it out yes <laughs> like, also fun fact so useless at Play-Doh's, if you shop the same time that they're buying clothes from you, there's a discount off of the clothes that you buy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like, I want to say it's like 10 or 15%. It's not a lot, but it's enough to be like, yeah, I am intrigued to shop now. Yeah. So. Sorry, my little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's Always. a good tangent hey it was an on it was an on topic tangent to be fair hey that's true hey <laughs> now elise and i just have a list of different things that we've thought of that we've used or seen within the design world that are implemented into different projects i was gonna say easily implemented but like kind of depends on the project so there's some different things yeah. that we can cover so, so, do you want me to go first? Sure. Are we talking about renewable energy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Solar panels. Solar Which, again, panels. depend on, like, the orientation of the sun. And, again, mm -hmm. also, I think one of the first things you said was uh, optimizing your site. Mm -hmm. So, if there's already trees, obviously, those are important. So, keep those if 
possible Mm -hmm. but if there's a side without trees and it's feasible that it gets enough sunlight putting solar panels there i will say Mm -hmm. my only qualm with solar panels is we haven't quite figured out the process of what to do when they have like they're done well they so they cut you mean like when they're charged quote or like when they're like like end of life end of life oh yeah no i'm not sure that yeah, would be interesting, thrown out, which is kind of also bad. That's counterproductive. I know. I'm like, mm. so that's like, uh, we just need to figure that part out. Yeah. So but anyways, they, solar panels, wind turbines yeah. are really good, but you need a lot of space. You do. And a lot of wind. And like a mountain. Just go buy a mountain. It'll be fine. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Just build everything. On the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then water, again, you would need to be close to a actual like a river uh, or a dam continuously moving source of Mm -hmm. water yeah yes exactly so that's kind of hard but my sister goes to school near niagara falls and they i think like the whole city is just powered by the falls that's amazing because it's like how many gallons of water are poured every second yeah that's true an excessive amount they don't even right so that's crazy but Mm -hmm. um and if you that have really cool. solar panels, I know at least, I think it would be the same for residential and commercial, but I know for homes, uh, my mom's house can't have it because we have too many trees, but our neighbors do. And they actually, electric companies will pay you money for the extra yeah. power that you get and don't use to use for other people, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. No, yeah, that's totally so, a thing. And you get Again, tax credit, I think, for having solar panels. Probably. I think. I'd, I'd Probably. Yeah. That's another thing, again, back to the upfront large cost, like long-term benefit is like solar panels cost a lot to install, to have the quotes done, all of that stuff. But then long-term, you're making the money back and you're benefiting the environment, which is like so cool. Yeah. It's so cool of you. Exactly. So, so cool. Cool kids save so the environment. so cool. <laughs> That's Everyone's our first merch. It, guys. <laughs> That's our first merch is just a t-shirt that says... That please. I think if we were to come out with merch, I think the best thing would be a bag, like a canvas tote bag. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like designers always need bags. We're always carrying around. Yeah. This is really valid. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. What if we did an architect's ruler and it was like on it? It just said a hole ruler. (laughs) No. Okay. I'm I like, give, that is so funny. We can Science. add that to the brainstorm. <laughs> we can oh, talk that about it. That would be it. so funny. Uh, okay, the next thing would be layout. So take into mm-hmm. account, again, orientation to the sun, south versus north versus east. <laughs> I'm just going to name up all the <laughs> orientation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing with windows is as much as natural light is nice, it doesn't really help with sustainability like heating cooling of a space mm-hmm. so kind of where you want the most sunlight kind of yeah hopefully orient it at the side of the building that wouldn't make you have to like over cool or overheat a space depending mm-hmm. on the um the season yes and that also depends so, too on what the building is actually constructed of because like if you're in an older true. house like I'm thinking of my mom's house up north. When it's hot outside, it's even hotter in the house because the house just 
heats up with everything else. But like here, mm-hmm. our apartment building is, I think it was built in like 2011 or something like that. Like it's 80 degrees outside right now and I'm freezing in my apartment. Like, and we don't have mm-hmm. the AC on, like I think the AC is on 70, but it's not working right now because it's colder. It's so much significantly colder in here. Like, the heat and air is regulated in here so much better than like older houses and things like that. So construction is really helping with this too, but definitely mm-hmm. accounting for where you're going to get natural sun during the day. And um, did you talk about the lights too? No, you can. Yeah. Like how based off of like lights, there's types of lights that sensor how much natural light is in the space and then calculates out how bright it needs to be in order to create an effective working space. So those lights can help too with electrical bills and energy and stuff like that too. So that's really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And also there's shades that can regulate based mm-hmm. on sun yes. direction and like amount. Yeah. Which is very nifty. It's so cool. Thing. It's so cool. Yes. And then again with windows, uh, just kind of placing them so that air can circulate throughout a space. So that again, if you don't want AC, it's like putting down the windows in your car, just kind of having them kind of opposite each other or offset maybe mm-hmm. so that everything circulates correctly. And we're also learning about... There are like there are ducts that can if you offset them so that the returns in the ceiling are somewhat offset to if you put instead ducts in the ground for a supply that it circulates up and down instead of like over. Did you talk about that already? No, I keep thinking you're saying duck, not duct. Ducks. Ducks. Quack. Quack. I was thinking quack. I, I was like, oh duck. yeah, ducks so in the ceiling. You what? No. Uh, I want a duck, though. Uh, buy a house first, my girl. Buy a house first. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out so where the heck you're going to live. Well. Yeah, that's yes. true, too. Mm-hmm. And then effective and efficient space planning. So along with just the user and, you know, where things should be in proximity to other spaces, uh, also just... If there's an open office now, instead of in the olden days, they would line the like executive offices and like the bigger boss offices along the windows. Now they do the more open spaces in near the windows and then all the offices on the other side, but with windows to there so that everyone gets natural light and it's not instantly mm-hmm. like blocked. Yep. So just things like that to consider. Um, Claire story windows are awesome. Mm-hmm. I have an obsession with them. So Same. pretty. And they give allow privacy, but also light to come through different mm-hmm. spaces. I'm trying to do that for an office right now because the existing space has a lot of just weird walls that they don't want to get rid of. But they also have a whole finance department that's going to be literally in the back with no light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, just do clear story windows like through each office so that they maybe get some like just try different options for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Yeah, Claire story windows are great, especially for circulation too. When heat rises and if it's cooler outside, mm. opening the window and getting the natural air in. Yeah. Iconic. All right. Materials. Can you remind hey. us what cradle to cradle is? Because your girl doesn't remember. 
<laughs> so cradle to cradle <laughs> is essentially it's the life cycle of a material. So it's oh, from okay. extra it's from extraction to either reuse or just complete uh installment. Uh no, getting rid of it. Trash, like oh. uh, the end of its life. Mm-hmm. So you either reuse it or recycle it is essentially the end. So getting materials that are sustainably sourced. So getting wood from a uh, FSC forest, fe- forest conservation council, FCC, I think is it what it is, or a forest stewardship council, FSC. I was right. Forest stewardship council. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> So from extraction, getting materials that don't have to be, like, dug for super, like, that would interrupt the environment around it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the words are not wording. <laughs> and then also, are you getting materials that are within, you get lead credits for if they're within, like, 500 miles of the site. So yes. if I'm getting Carrara marble from Italy... Obviously, extraction is awful because you have to dig and use all the, you know, the machinery. Uh, and, and those are also like fun fact at least when I have been there, we've been Slang. to those mines. Yes, yeah. So pretty. So but yeah, pretty. so like that would be kind of a bad material for us in America to use yes. because extraction is expensive in general mm-hmm. and it has to travel to you so that counts towards like if you want yeah credits like they have Again, to that's obviously more than 500 miles mm-hmm. and has to fly to you then it gets to i get think it would come on a boat to you i think oh, it would be yeah. it would be truck boat truck installation yeah. and then lifespan like and marble home. as pretty as it is the awful upkeep of it Horrible. The upkeep of it, it's porous. You have to epoxy it every so often. So as much as I love the look of it, it is not Bad. the most sustainable material ever. So that's kind of what Cradle yeah. to Cradle is. It's extraction, how you get the product, its life cycle, or its life in place. So like, again, how much do you have to clean it? What's the upkeep of that product? To then, once it's like degraded too much, once you want something new, you mm. know, yeah. updating the space what happens to that product so that's cradle mm-hmm. to cradle just considering yeah. literally every single process of the what that material has to go through mm-hmm. yeah which is a lot more than like we see things in a store and we're like oh we're just buying it from the store but it's like no the store gets it from somewhere and it has to be made somewhere else and then like like yeah. it comes from a material actually being sourced to you seeing it in a store or in your home, there's so many different hands that touch that. And like Elise was saying, if you get it within a certain radius, you get something locally, um, then you do get a lot more lead points towards accreditation and certification. Which And it's also just mm-hmm. a lot better for the environment. If you think of like, say we're getting a... I don't even know, a piece of furniture that's coming from California to the East Coast. Like, think about how long that has to take to truck and, like, how many trucks is that going to take? Is your whole entire order going to take one truck or is it going to need to come on multiple trucks? And then the gas that has to be used to fuel that truck and then the truck has to – it's going to hit traffic and it's going to have to reroute. And then once it gets here, then it has to come to a distribution center and then from there it actually gets delivered by another truck. Versus, say I get something down the road from a local sourcer that uses a artificially created um, countertop material, 
and they make it right here in my town or they make it like say an hour away instead of across the country like the emissions that come from the trucks and people installing this are going to be so much lower than if it came from across the country or across the world like say we're getting Carrera from Italy so there's a lot of things to think about besides just oh that's pretty in the store like I want that exactly mm-hmm. so that's all about material <laughs> yes um, use those recycled materials to reclaimed wood terrazzo tile um secondhand there's some upscale secondhand places too you don't have to go to just like goodwill or stuff like that like there's some really right. nice secondhand places you can go to yeah i have to curate mm-hmm. things and then again with the wood the FSC approved or like accredited certified uh, forests are essentially it's wood that you're getting that the forest whoever maintains it does it ethically and they you know plant every time they like cut cut one down Mm -hmm. or they also like rotate between you know if they're planting here and then they plant somewhere else like kind of just they have to go they have to be approved to yeah have that certification so that's just uh-huh. important also to look at yes so little things people anyways it's all right in front of us but <laughs> gotta actually look for it and find it yeah all right so furniture and decor which we see a lot obviously but having mm-hmm. fun and trendy pieces is always like a statement and it looks really cool but trying to invest in something that you will use long term and that will be able to move around with you that will match different styles something like that is really important because you can reuse it you can repurpose it you can upcycle it recycle it mm-hmm. no what's the recycle what's the upcycling like one recycle it's Not like recycle. when you make it better and use it repurpose for okay i said repurpose yeah yeah so having things that you'll really like for a long time is really important basically yeah Mm -hmm. and then just onto lead certification which we've kind of mentioned here and there but Mm -hmm. it's essentially a certification by the leadership and energy and environmental design yes and there's three levels silver gold platinum Mm -hmm. so depending on Yes, there's it's and those are based off of a building's uh attempts to meet certain standards and categories. So all of these things that we've talked about now, like each of those is worth a certain amount of points within the certification process and they will all add up to a specific number. And if that number is within the silver, gold, or platinum categories, then your building will actually get a plaque stating that it is a certified or a lead certified building or a lead accredited building. Um, mm-hmm. And it is like a really big deal because you don't see a lot of lead accredited um buildings i feel like like up in boston i feel like there's a lot more and it's starting to become a lot more popular now and probably out like west in california you'd see it more um maybe in new york city but it's starting to become a really big deal and when you go to like say a lead certified 
restaurant, that's going to be an upscale restaurant. You know it because it takes so much to be able, like, it's such a big deal, I guess, to be certified in some kind of way for lead, if that makes sense. And it looks good on your resume. And Mm -hmm. I mean, other than doing it for the environment, it looks good to say, I've worked on this many lead projects. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you know kind of Mm -hmm. how it all works. Yes. And there's... Um, an exam that designers can take. I think you have to take a course before you can take the exam technically, but you can take a lead certification exam as a designer to get lead certified. And the benefit of that is it looks really good on your resume, but you have the ability to advise on projects that are trying to accomplish a lead certification and give advice and help people guide people to really getting what they want out of their site out of their building out of the design and create something that's a little bit better and a little bit greener for the cities the communicate communities um and it's just really good basically um You don't need to be lead certified to work on a lead, on a building that's trying to be lead lead accredited, lead certified. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be at least one person who is so that the whole project can run. Because lead will only look at projects who have at least one person on the project as an advisor to do the thing, to accredit the building. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to make sure that it's not just like some, mm-hmm. like us, like kind of random person yes. that's like, well, we took, like, we know somewhat, but again, how Emily said, you know, the mm-hmm. class will really dive deeper into everything. Yeah. So, and, and lastly, with the certification, the importance of all of this again is to help new and existing buildings reduce carbon emissions, waste, energy, conserve water, um, use safer materials, less toxins um, for us, for the people around us, for the environment. Like it's just so beneficial overall for everyone involved, not just to look good, to have a plaque and to look good, to have a resume thing. Like, no, it's like really important overall. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I think is all of sustainability question mark. Yeah. Wraps it up. If you guys have any more questions, we can do that on our Instagram, which mm-hmm. is at a whole design podcast. Yes. We can just, you know, open the floor to anyone who has questions or wants more clarification on things because, mm-hmm. you know, we do be bouncing around. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Um, so. And really quickly, I do want to point out, I feel like biophilia and sustainability are often categorized together. And while biophilia helps sustainability, sustainability is not just biophilia, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So biophilia is um, more for user experience in terms of nature and sunlight and connection to living beings and growth and stimulation as opposed to the environmental impacts while those things definitely Mm -hmm. help with the environment of the building it's not going to help the environment to like the earth or the community does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so biophilia was- is more user-focused rather mm-hmm. than sustainability is yeah. more environmental-focused. I think but- what I... 
again, yeah, sustainability can encompass things that do help user experience, but biophilia is strictly about user experience. Yeah. And biophilia is something that focuses on, I was talking, or I was talking about um, sustainability is the long-term effects. Biophilia is more short-term effects and immediate um, benefit to a group of people as opposed to sustainability is more about the long-term benefits and the long-term effects of how it will affect the group using the building and the community and things like that. Yeah. So biophilia is more so bringing the outdoors inside so that users feel closer to nature and a little more calm, I would say, mm-hmm. a little happier. So more plants, more sunlight, yes. green walls, even like water features, like anything that's would be found in nature that you can bring indoors just makes everything a little more calmer. And you can, as a user, I would say, ground yourself, focus on those things. Mm-hmm. And also, if you have real plants, like a real plant wall, it's expensive, I will say, but it does bring in more air or air like you know uh oxygen i guess like it absorbs those things and then more sunlight makes users happy again with sustainability though placing those windows would be more on the sustainability side whereas just having a bunch of windows would be for biophilia purposes Mm -hmm. so yeah just really having your users connect with nature and honestly each other i would consider biophilia also kind of when there's yeah a lot of greenery but also in work like corporate design they're doing a lot more like large those steps that people can sit on and connect mm-hmm. with each other i'd yeah. say just overall connection would be like mm-hmm. a, key a good way to put it yeah in biophilia mm-hmm. so that's just a quick little synopsis on what that is versus sustainability yes yes and bring i want to end home, the episode because it's bring us long. home it's an hour and a half home. before editing. So this is going to be fun hey. for me. Yay! So I hope you guys love it. Love it. Um, follow us on Instagram again at a whole design podcast. Our TikTok is at a whole design pod. We've been doing or I've done one day in my life. Emily has to do one. But I think it's going to be a fun thing just to do in general. Mm hmm. Um, again, Instagram is kind of where we communicate with you guys the most. We do different stories. We ask for opinions. When we do the Am I the Asshole, <laughs> I glitched. When we do Am I the Asshole stories, we ask you guys to submit stories. We also ask you guys if you want certain guests on. Uh, so we're going to try and work on that as well. So mm-hmm. just different things on how to connect with us. So we love you guys. New episodes every Wednesday, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.